Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Post 20 Podcast. You're now listening to the Week 1 Review, Week 2 Preview for the 2023-24 NFL season. My name is Evan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeremy. How are you doing, and how was your uh, your weekend? Doing well, man, and the weekend was good. Um, I know you were excited to see some football back. I mean, yeah. it feels good to, you know, just hear... You know, seven hours of commercial-free football coming up. I mean, there's nothing nothing that gets you going quite like that. Um, in terms of the the betting, uh, I did pretty well. Um, I mean, I felt like Vegas was a little off on some of the lines, which we discussed, you know, last week with the Jags and the Eagles, even though they almost didn't cover, the Ravens even. Just some things of that nature. So made some money there. How'd you do on the books? Um, I low-key got fucking rinsed. Which is weird because if you look at my picks, I was pre- I was pretty on. Um, I made a lot of picks that were that were great value, even all the way back to Monday night uh, with Jets in the under. I I I just don't know what happened. Uh, in between the time that I picked my games towards the end of the week, like the 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 Sunday night football and Monday night football, but I had a complete change of heart. So I made most of my money back on Jets in the under. The parlay, even though Rogers died, we'll get to that. Um, but in the early window, I, I, I had a I had a thick play in of a fat parlay. It was like I think it was sixty to win seven hundred or something like that, and I got boned by the Commanders who had the ball down to I think it was the Cardinals thirty, and all I needed was them to kick a field goal and run the clock out to win and instead they they punted they didn't cover for me because they decided to punt uh, and and that really yeah. that really felt like a a rig job honestly but out, outside of that like just just didn't see you know every single game clearly and fantasy same way really sloppy football yeah, that's all right. Week one, you know, we were all just excited to get back out there. Yeah. Um, I know I personally won't be placing as many bets this week as I did, you know, for week one. Week one, you kind of feel like you want to get involved with everything. But, you, you know, to. as the season progresses, we get better at just picking our spots and knowing where to lay the money. Because, like, if we would have just went with, uh, you know, some of the plays we talked about last week that we loved, you know, like the Jags, the Ravens, the Eagles. Mm. Like if we would have just, you know, if it's week eight, we probably only bet those games maybe two or three more. Yeah. Um, and we could have walked away with a lot of a lot more money. Yeah. It's it's tough to um to pick your spots in the first week. I mean, you just you wanna have something going on every single game so that you can enjoy it to your maximum ability. And I think it's kind of a trade-off. Like, you know you're donating, but um, it's still fun. You know, you've got something going on every game, and you can sit and watch Red Zone or pull up other screens and watch every single game at the same time. It's really uh, just something special. So um, let us get into our results um, from last weekend. Jeremy, I believe... So what? how we're going to do it this year is by correct pick. So I'll have the full records, but when I tell you guys how we did, I'm going to tell you, you know, I had this many correct picks. Jeremy had this many correct picks. Um, 
Lock of the week is obviously excluded from that. So in our regular uh, picks for the week, Jeremy had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight right. Um, how many? So that's eight and eight, five hundred on the week for picks. Um, I had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So nine and seven. Jeremy and I right around <clears throat> 500, both of us, for the first week, which I think is good. It's a good place to start, right? It's, it's got to be better than, than how we started last year. Yeah, I agree. And especially, you know, when you're picking all 16 games, uh, it makes things a little tougher. I'd venture to say that on our high conviction games, excluding the Chiefs because we obviously yeah, we recorded the pod prior to Rinsed. Travis Kelsey getting hurt. Um, but on our high conviction games, I mean, we probably hit it in eighty plus percent clip. I mean, I know you loved the Raiders. Um, we both took them, but I know you loved them, and mm. they covered. Um, we loved the Eagles. They covered. We loved the Jags. They covered. Um, what else did we have in oh, there? The Packers. Um, I, I was juiced on. Yes, the Packers. The Packers money line. We loved them. Um, and then the Ravens. So, like, I mean. We hit it a really high clip um, for those that, you know, pay attention and see what what we actually love versus, you know, the plays that we're just, you know, making a pick. Yeah. I, I mean, I was really, really happy with, with some of my uh, dog picks. That, that Raiders plus four line was, was screaming at me the whole time. I, I loved that one. Um, and then we had, <clears throat> you know, a couple of shitters on, on Sunday and Monday Night Football. <clears throat> Excuse me, uh, we'll, but we'll get to that. Do you want to you want to start with the Chiefs game, Jeremy? The Chiefs are sort of your adopted second team. You're you're a big fan of of Pat and and Mr. Kelsey. Uh, tell us what happened on on Sunday night. Or sorry, that was Thursday night. Yeah, I'm happy to get into it. Um, like you said, they are kind of my second home now. That I mean, my first home is just it's it's not a good household environment. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's not good. The Panthers, we are not good. But yeah, the Chiefs. Um, obviously having no Travis Kelsey hurts, um, having no Chris Jones hurts as well, but their defense was the bright spot in my opinion with missing Chris Jones. They still made good pressure. Yes. The, the Lions ran the ball decently well, but it's not like they were ripping off chunk play after chunk play. I mean, David Montgomery was just getting these two, three yard halfback dives, but, uh, Jameer Gibbs looked good, but yeah, the chiefs defense overall, um, impressed me. The issue was with the offense, obviously. I mean, it seems like Patty somehow makes um, his wide receiver core look good regardless. We saw it last year without uh, Tyreek for the first time. But, I mean, he just couldn't catch a break without Travis. Kadarius Toney, I mean, had three drops, two that would have won the game, one that went for a pick six. Sky Moore had two drops on what I would consider tougher throws. They were they weren't right on the money. The Kadarius ones, like, legit hit him in the chest. But just as a unit, as in a whole, they were kind of out of sync. They weren't in position. They were dropping balls, um, which makes me a little nervous moving forward for them. Um, if, you know, Travis Kelsey were to ever miss time, because he is an older – I mean, he is an older guy now at this point in the league, and there is a chance he misses games here and there, which could hurt them down the stretch. But, yeah, I mean, the Lions played well. Credit to them. Dan Campbell did his job. I mean, he went for it on fourth and two on his own 20 or whatever to start the game there. Um, so, I mean, not taking anything away from them, but the Chiefs just kind of kind of gave it away a little bit. But it's week one, and we had the same discussion last year where the Chiefs started out poor, so it's obviously too early to count them out. 
Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think I think Chiefs will be back to it next week. Um, they got a little bit boned by uh, not having Kelsey and Kadarius Tony just not showing up to the field. Uh, I have no idea if they're gonna like just totally cut his target share now after that. That was shockingly bad. Um, but there was a couple of guys on the Chiefs that I thought looked good. I mean, I thought Rashi Rice was was a nice little addition. He caught, <clears throat> I think he caught like six balls for, for almost 60 yards. So really good game for him. Um, and Kadarius Tony really honestly probably cost him that game. I don't think they would have covered. I think the Lions played a really good game, complete game. Um, got a lot of pressure on Mahomes. I think like that, that fucking uh, defensive line is just <clears throat> unbelievable. And if Goff can continue um, to keep it up throughout, you know, the season and, and not throw picks and, and find Amon Ra over the middle, then it should be an offensive powerhouse. Like, like ESPN said, like everybody said, um, they, they looked really good. I, I can't really say anything outside of, um, it was a well-played game. I don't know if it was a well-coached game. I don't know if, if Dan Campbell ever coaches a, a completely, you know, sound game, uh, intellectually, but the guys play for him and, uh, he made the right call, I guess, cause they won the game by one point, And, uh, that is a huge win against the defending Super Bowl champions. <clears throat> All right, let's head to Pittsburgh where, uh, the Niners absolutely dismantled the Pittsburgh Steelers. Final score of that game uh, was, why can't I find it, 30-7. to Ayuk uh, had an unbelievable game. Brock Purdy seems like he is is really just picking up the pace from where he was last season uh, before he got injured. McCaffrey looked unbelievable. I believe he had, um, I don't know if he had one score or two scores, but he had 152 rushing yards, and he was just unable to be stopped, really. Um, Kenny Pickett on the Steelers side looked not so great. Um, he started to put it together towards the end. He finished with like 200 yards, but uh, he did throw two interceptions. They're in a committee right now in terms of rushing. So it's Jalen Warren and Najee Harris, but uh, Najee only had like six carries. They just weren't really running the ball. Um, Pickens got a couple of targets, had actually a couple of insane catches, but they're always fucking out of bounds with Pickens. Um, and that comes down to that comes down to to pick it more than anything else. Um, that should be something to keep your eye on. I think they're they're actually gonna be really good together. But the Steelers may take a minute to to pick it up. And you know, having the Niners come uh, home and and just you know, coming off an NFC Championship game that they didn't really want to lose. Um, they had something to prove, and I think they absolutely proved it against a Steelers team that people were really, really high on. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that was just a tough look for the Steelers yeah. week one team that it feels like, you know, all of football is kind of generally higher on this year than where they were last year. Everyone expects them to take that step forward. And, uh, I mean, the Niners aren't the best team to do that against week one. I mean... They could have just. They could have been in the Super Bowl as easily as the Eagles. Everyone knows that. Um, it was just uh, things didn't fall their way. Obviously, there at the end of the season. So, I mean, that's a great team to have to play Week One, and maybe the Steelers can do more this week. They kind of had to lose their game plan once they went down like seventeen five minutes into the game or whatever it was. But yeah. uh, I'm still I'm still excited to see what what they have to offer us down the stretch here. Yeah, 
Um, all right, bring us into uh, Falcons, uh, the Falcons game, while I run downstairs and sign for a package. All right, yeah, the Falcons, they, they're your team, so I'll take, I'll take it here. But they did, did go down to uh, Carolina and multiple players here. So, um, yeah, I mean, Panthers-Falcons kind of went as we anticipated. Um, Falcons ended up walking with a 24-10 to 10 win, uh, which did, you know, cover the spread for them as well as cover the under. So we both were right on those picks. But in terms of actual performance, um, notable performance stuff, Bryce Young threw two picks in his first game, kind of to be expected. Desmond Ritter only threw for 100 yards. Um, a lot of the notable stuff comes from the Falcons' side of the football here. Um, most notably, probably Tyler Algier, most touches on the team. I know a lot of Bijan drafters didn't expect that, and they probably weren't too thrilled with it. But that's kind of going to be the name of the game all year. They're going to split 50-50. They have a lot of touches to go around when all you do is run the football. And then from a receiving standpoint, um, awfully concerning. If you drafted Drake London, I mean, one target, zero receptions. Um, I mean, their leading receiver was Kyle Pitts with two receptions for 44 yards. Bijan led the team in total receptions with six. Uh, just overall not a good look for the Falcons' offense. Yes, they won, but uh, not too high on them. Forward. And then... Since we ran through that game, I will move on to another one while we wait for Mr. Evan to come back here. Ravens-Texans. I love that game. Uh, Ravens-Texans 25-9. Baltimore here. Uh, J.K. Dobbins notably scored a touchdown in the first quarter, and then uh, sadly he um, is done for the season with, I forget if it's Achilles or ACL. Um, there were just a lot of injuries this week, hard to keep track. But yeah, he will be done for the season, unfortunately. Um, he just has a tough time staying on the field, but man, is he talented when he's out there. As a whole, Ravens, not the greatest performance I've ever seen. Lamar, only 169 yards, um, an interception. He didn't really run the ball all that well. He didn't really pass the ball all that well. The lone bright spot for them was Zay Flowers, a.k.a. Joystick, they like to call him. I mean, he was pretty much what everyone's been hyping him up to be. I mean, nine receptions, 78 yards. Um, he looked good. Maybe they'll get Mark Andrews back this week, score a couple more points, look a little better on offense. I'm still high on them throughout the year, but, I mean, not the best first performance here. Yeah, um, I'm back. Sorry. I don't I don't know why the packages are coming this early, but I had to go downstairs. Otherwise, it wasn't going to get dropped off. Um, Ravens, yeah, suspect, I think. Uh, Lamar really just looked extremely suspect. Um, little to no ball security. Uh, he did throw that pick. He also fumbled. Um, he just got like completely smoked on that fumble and the ball was like out and above his head while he was running. I, I that pump fake stuff. I, I, I don't know if Lamar's like, I don't know if he's lost a beat or if it was just because he hasn't played football in so long, because that is true. Um, but it might take a minute for the Ravens to offensively click how they really want to click. Um, like you said, Zay Flowers was a fucking revelation. I hope he continues to eat up all of those targets because he is just going to be a yard after catch or yard after catch fucking monster. He's so quick, he's so shifty. Um, and I think this could be an unbelievable year for for his connection with Lamar Jackson. I really hope uh they're able to 
to figure it out. And I think when Andrews comes back, um, they're going to be a serious threat. So nice game from the Ravens. Uh, they cover for us, but they didn't look as good against a really, really poor Texans team. Uh, they didn't look as good as I, I thought they would. So, uh, okay. Let's move into the next game. Yeah. Oh, and Dobbins is dead. He's going to retire. You you mentioned that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got into that. That kind of sucks, man. I mean, he's a hell of an athlete when he's out there, but he just, uh, he can't stay on the field at all. No, he cannot, which is unfortunate, but what are you going to do? <clears throat> all right. Cardinals 16 yep. commanders 20. The Washington commanders do not cover despite uh, everybody expecting them to do so. Uh, this one really, really hurt. Um, <clears throat> they were six and a half point favorites. Should have covered, honestly. Should have won by um, should have won by seven points. Uh, but they weren't able to do it, which makes me sick. Uh, deeply, deeply sick. But Sam Howell with a rushing touchdown, which is what my pick was. Um, Josh Dobb looks looks Jesus Christ looked terrible for the Cardinals. Uh, they looked really bad outside of the defense, which actually kind of fought uh, pretty hard. Howell did throw an interception. Uh, Brian Robinson got a majority of the uh, carries for Washington. He had 19 carries for 60 yards. Howell rushed that one in, and then they spread the ball around on offense. But um, Terry, who I think is probably you know one of my favorite receivers in the league, I just wasn't able to get it going in this one, which is a little bit unfortunate. Um, do you have any worries about the Commanders? Uh, at this point, only beating the Cardinals, who they should have destroyed by four points, because I was a little bit concerned, and I don't necessarily know if uh, the ball security with with um, Sam Howell, I, it could be a problem moving forward. I'm, I'm not super concerned. I mean, my thing is, first, uh, first real start, it feels like, for Sam Howell. I mean, he did get to play last year a couple times, but, I mean, their season was kind of chalked up there. Um, and it's, you know, Eric, the enemy's first real game as the OC there. Um, and I think they did some good things, um, throughout the game. I mean, they just kind of lulled a little in the middle of the, the middle quarters there, but I mean, I think they'll be good. Sam Howell, he looks good back there. He looks confident. He's mobile. Obviously we saw him move around a couple times. Uh, he avoided some pressure a couple times and even ran that football in for touchdown. And it seems like another quarterback similar to the Heineke situation where the players are really bought in on him, which is nice. It's always nice to have your guys supporting your quarterback. So I'm not too worried about them, but I did notice my guy, fantasy legend for me last year, Curtis Samuel, was the top receiver, which I thought was funny because I didn't see him playing much of a role this year. Yeah, it was uh, it was an interesting game. I, I'm really upset that they didn't cover, they didn't kick it at the end, but um, <clears throat> there'll be time. There'll be – they – I'm losing my fucking mind. There will be times, uh, you know, in this season where we get the last second cover instead of getting boned by it. So hopefully we're just, you know, that's the bad karma and we'll get um, we'll get rewarded being on them in the future. Okay, let's talk Bengals Browns. Bengals three, Browns twenty four. Uh, Joe Burrow off to a tremendous start after getting a new contract. Eighty two yards total, fourteen for thirty one. Uh, on completions. Terrible, terrible game. Joe Mixon, 13 for 56. Uh, Chase, only 40 yards total. The offense looked absolutely terrible. And then on the Brown side, um, Watson, not his best game, but we saw a little bit of that uh, rushing return um, for him. 
he had 45 yards and a touchdown. Chubb looked awesome. He went over 100 yards. Um, that offense, I think, with Elijah Moore and Cooper and Njoku is is going to be really, really threatening this year. So I was I was excited to see the Browns look good. Um, this was a spot that you picked. You liked the Browns in this one. Um, didn't even lay the points. Just went straight up with the money line, and there was basically never a doubt. Uh, that the Browns were going to win this game after, you know, pretty much the first touchdown that they scored. Um, just rainy, kind of a mess of a game, but definitely you expect more out of uh, out of Burrow and the Bengals, and they just looked absolutely horrific. Um, this was a Zach Taylor disaster class in terms of play calls. I know he handed it over uh, last year more towards Burrow, and maybe that was still the case here, but... Bengals and, and Taylor, they just could never get in this game. So I don't know what you thought about it, but um, I was really happy to see the Browns win. Yeah, I mean, that's good for my narrative. I told you I'm high on the Browns this year. Um, I think they'll be good. And like you said, they have a lot of weapons, man. I mean, Chubb, Cooper, Moore, and Joku's an athlete. Yep. I mean, they even had Jerome Ford out there getting involved, and he didn't look terrible at all either. So I think they have some good weapons. Like you said, the weather wasn't optimal for either team. Um, but when you're paying these two quarterbacks a combined half a billion dollars, if not more, um, you expect both of them to at least perform. And to be fair, Deshaun Watson did. He did his job. I mean, he threw for almost 200 yards. He ran for 50 yards. I mean, you know, won the game 24 to 3. But I have concerns that Joe Burrow might not be fully healthy yet, and that could be an issue. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was the same issue as last year. Um, they started really slow. They reeled off nine wins when it mattered and, and were able to win the division. But uh, I, I kind of agree. I think maybe there's something going on with Burrow in terms of the leg situation. Uh, we saw him get that injury in preseason uh, in, in camp, and I think – he kind of just looked a little tentative. So a lot of the throws that he did make were were, were poor. Um, I don't know if it's a confidence thing. I don't know if it's just because of the weather. Uh, we should we should be able to get a better look at, at what Burrow looks like this week against the Ravens. Um, but, you know, they're already going into a divisional matchup in, in week two. <clears throat> that, that really matters. The Ravens looked okay. Um, they, they just had a divisional matchup against the Browns. These teams are going to beat on each other in the AFC North. And I think this is like <clears throat> that Ravens game. That's a spot that I absolutely love. The Ravens are dogs coming off a win last week. Uh, and I think if, if they get pressure on Burrow, then we could really see, uh, an interesting game, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I think something might, might still be up with Burrow. And we'll we'll get a look at that next week. You know, we'll be able to see if there's an underlying issue, or if maybe it was just uh, you know a, a strange game and bad weather where he couldn't get it going. Okay, uh, Bucks Vikings Buccaneers twenty Vikings seventeen. This was a game you and I were really confident on. Uh, we were due. You know, one of these games was going to be a public wash fest. This was the one. Uh, I believe the the Vikings had close to seventy percent of the money on the on the spread, so I don't really think this surprises anybody. Um, Kirk was able to get three hundred forty four yards. He threw two TDs and he also threw an interception, but he looked really bad. This is this is what happens. Kirk is able to rack up three hundred fifty yards and still look like shit. And this is why people think Kirk is a good quarterback. Uh, he's not. He's extremely mediocre. Um, it helps, you know, in terms of statistics that he has an unbelievable receiving core, 
Uh, he has Jettis, who had 150 yards in like the first half. Uh, Addison, new boy, 61 yards and a touchdown. He's got Hawk, um, KJ Osborne, got a ton of, of, of targets. And then we saw Madison, who got a ton of targets too. Uh, there was once the, the one series where he scored a touchdown. I think he was targeted five times in a row. Uh, he only finished with 10 yards through the air and 34 on the ground. But um, it seems like they're really running a lot of the offense through uh, Alexander Madison, which I think is concerning already. Uh, and then on the Buccaneers side, Baker Mayfield, you know, controlled the game. Uh, he did what he could. They won a one-score game against the Vikings, who are just terrible in one-score games. Uh, Mike Evans, 66 yards and a touchdown. Trey Palmer had a touchdown. Um, and then we saw Rashad White get a majority of the rushing carries with 17 uh, and 40 yards. So I don't really think the Bucs are going to be a team that, that I'm concerned about. Like, moving forward, I don't think they're going to be a great team. But to win uh, a one-score game here against the Vikings, I think, is impressive. And I think you have to give Baker some credit because coming down the field towards the end, um, you know, they, they made sure they got the field goal. They made sure they won the game. And that's really all you can ask for from a team that's kind of in rebuild mode. Yeah, I agree. Um, in terms of the Vikings, I think the Kirk regression might be in. The Vikings regression might be in just yep. in terms of performance last year. I think expectations are a little too high for them. Um, but they'll be all right. They'll just have some games like this where you think that they shouldn't be losing, and they do. But, yeah, I mean, Jordan Addison looked good, which is good for them. Uh, that seems to be a good draft pick there. Um, my concern with the Bucks was Rashad White. That's a guy who I was pretty high on coming into the year, and he just didn't look efficient as a runner um, against what is typically a pretty bad defense. Now, I know they're typically pretty bad through the air. I'm not 100% sure on what the Vikings' run game stats are um, on defense. But just a generally weak defense, and he wasn't great. So I'd like to see more out of him moving forward, especially for the Bucks' sake. Or, you know, our guy Sean Tucker is going to take over, and he's going to be pleased. Yeah. Um, okay. And then we have, um, what was the next game I want to talk about? Oh, Titan Saints. Um, a one-point game at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, the Saints edge the Titans 16-15. to um, this game was so bad. Uh, Tannehill with 198 yards and three picks. Saints defense was just all over him. Uh, Derek Carr, 305 and a touchdown. Derek Carr looked awesome, uh, in this one. Made some really bad throws, but made some really good throws as well. He was able to get Olave really cooking in this game. He had eight catches for 112 yards. Rashid Shaheed almost went over 100 yards. He had a touchdown. And in total, I just think the Saints were the better team in this one. Uh, Mike Thomas was, was unbelievable in the first, uh, really just first quarter. And then he kind of disappeared, but, um, the Titans, I, I think were were due for the regression that they, they were finally, or we were kind of expecting, um, Henry looked okay. You know, he had some, some, uh, yardage through the air as well, but uh, Ty J Spears actually got more carries than I would have expected. He only had three, three total, but he had 30 yards and he was in the game for a lot of time. Uh, and I just don't know if, if Hopkins has enough gas left in the tank to really provide uh, the threat they need, you know, in terms of long balls and throwing the ball over the top. Uh, Tannehill looks like he's kind of finished. And I think we're going to start to see uh, a little bit of, of Will Levis. They, of course, took Will Levis in last year's draft after... Going a little bit into the experiment with Malik Willis, uh, I don't, I don't think you know that experiment's gonna extend into this year. We're gonna see Willis and 
Maybe we'll see Tannehill for another couple of weeks, but if they start the season off 0-2 or 0-3, I totally think we're going to see a quarterback change, and then I think we could see the Titans uh, become more of a threat. But if they stick with this, um, it's not going to be not going to be a great season for them. I don't know how you feel about that, but that's kind of where I'm where I'm set. No, I agree. Ryan Tannehill the past couple years was a pretty good winner for them. He was a pretty good game manager, um, but he was also a little younger. He was a little more nimble on his feet. He was always a guy who would fight for those yards. You know, he was a sneaky rushing upside quarterback, which is not what you think of from a guy who's like not a uber athlete. But he was always good for them. But I think his time is coming, like you said, and it might be time for Will Levis to get a chance at some point. Um, but for the Saints, I mean, I loved everything I saw from Derek Carr. Um, he, I mean, it's been all over Twitter, that play call where he called the Rashid Shahid 35-yard reception or whatever it was. He pretty much drew that play up from scratch for them. And, I mean, he was force-feeding Alave in the second half. Their team overall just looked pretty good, and I mean, their defense has always been a strong spot, so that was good to see as well. Um, I'm excited for them moving forward. Um, I know you're not a huge Derek Carr guy, but I was I was impressed by what I saw this week. Yeah, I, I totally get that. Um, okay, let's talk about um, Jags Colts. Go ahead, break this one down for us, pal. Yeah, I mean, this one has as concerning as it was for the Jags for a lot of the time, I was really impressed with the Colts more so. It's hard for me to put it all on the Jags. Yes, they started out really slow um, on offense, but, I mean, they won the game, so good for them. But I would like to focus on the Colts because they did they outperformed my expectations heavily. Anthony Richardson, I mean, hats off to him. I was, I was fairly low on him, but he seems to be putting in the work and he seems to be making great strides from Texas to now or Texas from college at Florida to now. Um, He looks a lot better. He, his completion rate wasn't phenomenal, but he threw for 225 yards. He was making the big runs when the team needed it. You know, he was fighting for those three or four yards on third down to get that first down. And just overall, he was being a good leader for their team. So I think that was really, that was really good from them um, in terms of performance. Could that be, kind of their ceiling in terms of performance yes most likely but that's good enough to beat a lot of teams and especially if that guy that's really good at football on their team uh, you know Jonathan Taylor decides he wants to come back and play yeah. that could help as well but from the Jag side I mean T-Law did his thing through two touchdowns uh, Calvin Ridley mm-hmm. that guy came to play man I mean from the first snap of the game for the Jags he was dominant he's the clear-cut number one there he looks really really good i think with him etn and kirk and even zay jones i mean i think they have a really good offense and they're going to perform well but i was just really impressed with the colts more so than anything from this game yeah i I took uh, a lot of positives away from this game in terms of the colts side um deforest buckner actually returned a, a ball for a touchdown um that was like a weird play where it kind of got called dead or they thought it got called dead um, but it didn't. He just literally took the ball out of uh, out of Lawrence's hand and, and returned it for a touchdown. This game should have been more so, you know, Jags thirty one, Colts ten or thirteen. But that that touchdown return was was kind of the thing that made everybody sweat uh, for a minute. But the Jags just with a, a fantastic fourth quarter scored fourteen to you know fourteen unanswered, and they were able to cover for us. But 
Uh, like you said, I think this this Jags offense is going to be a powerhouse all year. Uh, Ridley moving forward is going to draw more doubles than you you know than than he did in this one. They just couldn't cope with him at all. He had 101 yards on eight catches and a TD. Um, probably could have had more, honestly. Could have had two touchdowns or, or maybe even closer to 150 yards. But um, I think as long as he stays healthy and and he's up to the task. The Jags are going to be a seriously threatening team. So uh, nice to see. Uh, really like to see, you know, a division like that have a, a, a clear cut competitive team. Uh, I was really happy with that. So uh, congratulations to the Jaguars. Way to get off to a hot start. And <clears throat> we'll see if they're able to continue that this week against uh, the Chiefs, who are a uh, really, really tough team to play. Um, okay. Let's move on to one of the games that I think everybody was kind of surprised by. Seahawks um, versus the Rams. Wow. Um, wait, hold on, actually. I think we missed... Did we miss Raiders-Broncos? Yeah, we did. Um, okay, Raiders-Broncos. And actually... Yeah, I'm losing my mind. Um, Raiders 17, Broncos 16. Broncos start 0-1. Um, they actually pretty sure kickoff was an onsides recovery. Uh, that's what they try to do. So, you know, we saw Mr. Sean Payton get in here and try and do some, uh, scripted nonsense first drive stuff. Uh, didn't really pan out. They lost by a point Raiders plus four easy cash. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo in his black and silver debut, 200 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Josh Jacobs failed to get it going in this one. He didn't even manage uh, 50 yards on 19 carries. That's uh, that's pretty unfortunate. But Jacoby Myers was the name that everybody was talking about. He had 81 yards and two touchdowns. Um, seemed to be the favorite target of Mr. Garoppolo in this one. Devontae Adams drawing a ton of coverage. Still managed 66 yards, but not the game I was expecting from him. On the Broncos' side of the ball, Russ with 177 and two TDs. This was a decent performance from him. You know, not a ton of turnovers. This is what we want to see. Um, Javante Williams with 52 yards. And then we had on the offensive side of the ball in terms of receiving a bit of a struggle. Uh, Sutton got in and he did score a touchdown, but this, uh, this receiving core is not great without, without Jerry Judy. So there's some concerns about the Broncos going forward. Um, I, I really was kind of pleased with the way the Raiders played. And I think once they get, um, once they get Josh Jacobs cooking, uh, and Adams cooking at maximum temperature, then the Raiders should be another threatening team. And I know people still aren't high on them, but I liked them in that spot last weekend. And I think moving forward, um, the Raiders are not going to finish at the bottom of that, that um, what's it called? That division. They're they're actually at the top of the division right now because they were the only AFC West team to win. Um, what do you think about them? Am I overreacting? Or do you think the Raiders could be a decent team this year? I think they'll manage to win some games. Um, obviously, I do still think that the Chiefs and the Chargers are kind of the one-two punch there. But overall, I think this division will take a step forward this year from kind of what people expected it to be last year. Everyone had high hopes for the division as a whole, and then the Raiders and the Broncos kind of fell flat on their faces. But yeah, I mean, Jimmy G did the, uh, the Patriots special, man. I mean, just did his job, won some football games, like kept the game close and ended up, you know, coming out with a one-point victory. That's kind of, you know been his thing with the Patriots and the uh, Niners that's kind of just in his blood now at this point um but yeah I mean I was pretty I was pleased with their performance Jacoby Myers um it's amazing what happens when you get out of New England I guess as a receiver since uh he somehow came to life there nine receptions 81 yards two touchdowns 
But yeah, I mean, as a whole, I liked, I enjoyed the game. I thought both teams played well. They played a little conservative, I think, week one with both of them being kind of unsure with where their teams are at. But yeah, I mean, I was impressed with the Raiders. I was equally impressed with the Broncos. I think they could use Jared Judy back, though, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. Eagles-Pats, Eagles 25, Patriots 20. Um, Eagles somehow able to cover the spread despite trying to give it away 10 times. Uh, Mac Jones had an unbelievable game. He had 300 yards and three touchdowns. Um, Hunter Henry got into the end zone. We saw um, <clears throat> Kendrick Bourne get into the end zone twice. The coverage on the Eagles side was just terrible. It could not cope with the way that Mac Jones was playing. Jalen Hurts, 170 yards and a touchdown. He looked terrible, I thought. Uh, play calling has shifted back towards Nick Sirianni with the exit of Jonathan Gannon and, and Shane Steichen. Uh, this was terrible, dude. The Eagles should not have won that game, to be honest. They gave the Pats so many times. They went for it on fourth down, turned the ball over. Um, was just absolutely horrific. A.J. Brown got some yardage towards the end once Hurts started throwing, but a lot of this game centered on Kenneth Gainwell, who got what seemed like 800 carries in the first half. Um, the, the running back situation is not good um, with the Eagles. Gainwell is hurt now. We saw like one carry from Swift, one carry from from Boston Scott. Um, I am worried, like very, very worried about the Eagles moving forward. This was a terrible game. The Pats are not a bad team. They obviously got a lot of pressure on Hurts, and I think their offense overperformed in this one. Um, Eagles still cover four and a half, but you have concerns about the Eagles as well, right? This was this was concerning. Yeah. Um that was one of the games that we watched the, the entirety of um, alongside, you know, Red Zone, the old two TV setup. And I was awfully concerned with their play calling. Like you said, it's kind of shifted back on the Sirianni here a little more. Um, and they just overall didn't look good. I mean, their defense gifted them a lot of points to start out with, and they just didn't do anything with it. I mean, to be up 16-0 to zero in a matter of five minutes and then to win the game 25-20, is slightly concerning for a team that has, you know, Super Bowl aspirations once again. So I wasn't thrilled with the play calling there. I mean, I'd like to see more out of them on Thursday, but I mean, we'll see. The Vikings are a little easier defense to play against than the Pats historically, so maybe they'll have more success, but I need to see more from a play calling side um, because even if they did execute as well as they could, the play calls just weren't great to set them up for success, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, now we'll get to the one that we meant to mention. Uh, Rams 30, Seahawks 13. This one's you, buddy. All right. Yeah. I mean, you know me. Two years ago, I picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl. and or two, Yeah, I think it was two years ago, and they somehow did. So I've been kind of keeping an eye on them. Last year, obviously, not good. But I did think they had some room for a bounce back this year. Um, and they're a team that I think will compete in that division. Niners are going to win it 100%. I mean, that's kind of a given after watching the way they performed this weekend. But, yeah, I mean, they look good. Um, Stafford looked more so like, you know, old Stafford. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he didn't throw for any touchdowns, but that's kind of the Sean McVay special there in the red zone. Just pound the ball a hundred times up the middle until one of your running backs gets in the end zone. But yeah, I mean, Stafford looked good. Uh, Puka Nakua, um, looked really, really good. I hadn't, I didn't even know he existed prior to, um, <laughs> yeah. week one, but apparently he was very good in college from what I was reading up on and looking yeah. at stuff following the game. BYU. So he had some success there running the uh, old Cooper Cup route. Um, and then even Tutu Atwell. I mean, that's a guy people were pretty high on last year coming in. I mean, he had 120 yards. He had some big play potential there. So I liked what I saw from them. 
Geno Smith seemed to take a step back towards, you know, old regular Geno prior to being on the Seahawks. But, I mean, they have a bunch of weapons he could turn around easily. But I was happy with what I saw from the Rams. And I do think they're going to be competitive this year, um, even without Cooper Cup. I don't – personally, I don't see Cooper Cup playing this year. I think he might play a couple games. But the whole potential nerve injury and him continually re-aggravating his hamstring doesn't, doesn't lend himself well to being on the field for a majority of the snaps, in my opinion. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Kenneth Walker didn't look great in this one either. I was kind of disappointed in the run game on the Seahawks side. Uh, but, you know, this is this was unexpected, but the Rams, you know, this was this was an offensive, you know, really, really good performance. Uh, 2-2 Atwell and Puka Nakua both with 120 yards. That's impressive. If those guys can step in and fill that role that Cup uh, is leaving, you know, vacant for the moment, then... They they should be threatening enough with a veteran like Matthew Stafford who looks okay, looks somewhat healthy compared to last season. Then you know this should be this should be an interesting season to to keep your eye out for the Rams. I don't know they're still in a rebuild right now, but um, they have enough talent on both sides of the ball to be decent. And the Seahawks just really really disappointing. I'm, I'm not worried about them, but that was definitely um, a disappointing you know matchup. Okay. And then just one, one more thing there. I forgot the whole, everyone came into the season as Cam Akers is going to be a ball hog and get yeah, all the carries. And then Iron Williams took a lot from him. Do you think this is a Daryl Henderson situation again, where it's smoke oh. and mirrors here at the beginning of the year. And then Cam Akers ends up running the ball a million times down the stretch. Or yeah. do you think this actually could turn into Kyron Williams backfield? No, I think, uh, excuse me. Yawning, thinking about the Rams' backfield. Um, I think it'll be Acres. Um, I think this was this was a smoke and mirrors game. They probably really needed this one. It's an NFC West matchup. They they wanted to come out and look good. Um, you know, Kyron Williams looked okay at the goal line, but in total, I don't think he looked great. I think Acres is a better runner. Um, his stats here twenty twenty nine yards on twenty two carries is fucking damning. That's that's not great, but. I do think Akers is a better player, and I think moving forward we'll start to see more of him, uh, especially after last year they were talking about him getting cut. He made it all the way back, um, and wanted to, and you know McVeigh said he'll be the number one back. You know this is this is smoke and mirrors. I think that's uh, that's a great way to put it. Thinking about that Darrell Henderson situation last year um, should be the same exact thing. I think we'll start to see uh, Mr. Akers emerge as the number one back. Okay, Dolphins 36, Chargers 34. In true Chargers fashion, they lose the game. Uh, at the end, you know, just a, a really, really sound game from from Herbert and Eckler. Uh, Eckler went two third, or Herbert had 230 in a touchdown. Eckler had 117 in the touchdown. Keenan Allen rolling back the year, six catches for 76 yards. But unfortunately, that was just not enough to overcome Mr. Tyree Kill and Tua. Tua with 466 yards and three touchdowns. Did throw a pick, but it didn't matter. Tyree Kill had 215 yards on 11 catches and two touchdowns. They could not fucking stop him. They could not cover him. They could not cope with him. He won the game for them. Uh, had two scores at, at really clutch moments. And Tua, who I think we were all really concerned about, um... Looks like old Tua from last year. He's just airing it out, getting the ball to Hill over the middle, out the side, on those posts and slants. Um, 
the Dolphins are going to be fucking threatening again, I guess, if if Hill and, and Tua are, are linking up the way that they did last year. It's just, uh, it's crazy. I think the Dolphins' defense leaves a lot to be desired. Same thing with the Chargers, uh, especially when you consider the fact that uh, Brandon Staley is a defensive mastermind or whatever they say. But, you know... <laughs> They just they couldn't cope with with uh, Tyreek and the Dolphins in this one. Dolphins go one and zero. Chargers starting the season off zero and one at home. Just not what we wanted to see. I thought that they'd be able to pull this one out with the Dolphins heading east to west, but um, that's not what happened. And I guess moving forward, Tua and Tyreek are going to be a fucking super threat. Yeah, I mean that was game of the week. I loved watching it. Um... Both both teams were electric on offense, kind of like we anticipated. Uh, Tyreek Hill, still Tyreek Hill, not surprising. Tua looked good. Even Waddle got involved early. He kind of didn't get as involved later in the game. But, I mean, when Tyreek's doing that, you don't really need to spread the ball around. So, I mean, yeah, that was fun from both teams. Like you said, the Chargers did the old Chargers lose at the end of the game ordeal. But, yeah, I'm excited for both those teams, and I think they both looked really, really good. Yeah. Okay. Um... Tell us about Packers-Bears. Packers-Bears. Okay. A team we both are high on, um, higher than it seems like a lot of the general public. The Packers, Jordan Love, you stole him from me in uh, on the waiver wire. I didn't want to have to use a waiver claim. I was hoping I could just wake up this morning and pick him up. But uh, clearly you were one step ahead of me there on that front. Uh, he looked good, man. I mean, only threw the ball 27 times, but he still threw for 250 yards and three touchdowns. Aaron Jones absolutely feasted on the ground and through the air. I mean, he didn't run the ball a ton, but when he did, he was moving the rock. I mean, nine carries for 41 yards. That's over four a carry. And then, you know, 80 yards through the air, he had that big play um, where he ended up tweaking his hand. He's fine. He said he would have played if they weren't up a million so that's good to see from them. But, yeah, I mean, the Packers look good. Romeo Dubes, who's a guy I loved last year, he caught two touchdowns. That was cool to see. Um, and then they get Watson back this week potentially, so they could be very good. Um, on the Bears' side, they're still the Bears. They're still going to finish last in the division. Justin Fields is still going to have some bad games. Yes, he's going to score you fantasy points. I mean, he had 60 yards on the ground. Um, and I do think there are greener days ahead of them, but – I, I'm still pretty low on them. Uh, they're going to be the Bears again, which is kind of sad, but it is what it is. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm excited to see what the Packers have in store for us this year. They're always competitive, even when, you know, last year Aaron Rodgers was terrible. Um, Aaron Jones had an awesome game. He had 90 yards through the air and a touchdown. Uh, also had a touchdown uh, on the ground. Love just looked great. Romeo Dubes looked great. I think I think this is going to be an interesting team to watch, and I'm really excited to see um, Jordan Love sort of emerge into the uh, quarterback life. You know, he he sat behind Rodgers for three years. This is what happens. Uh, if you guys remember, Rodgers had to sit behind a Hall of Famer as well before he got started. So there's something to be said for that. You know, there there's something that they learn. Um, we know now that Rodgers and Love didn't have any hate towards each other. We thought maybe that would be, you know, that was the case for a long time, but it's not. Apparently, they were very friendly with each other. Um, and I think, you know, this could be this could be an entertaining watch, you know, in that division. They're they're probably going to contend with the uh, Lions, I think, for the uh, this is kind of an overreaction, but for the title in that division, the, the Vikings, what I saw from them, I just wasn't impressed. So. 
Uh, Bears are the Bears are the Bears. Not going to change. I think they're going to be concerning all season long. Uh, fields looked bad, I thought, and I think their their offensive uh, issues are going to continue. DJ Moore, you know, twenty five yards. Um, people thought that just bringing DJ Moore into that team from the Panthers was going to make uh, Justin Fields automatically Mike Vick. That's just not going to be the case. He's he's still going to struggle throwing the ball. I don't think that really surprises anybody. Okay, uh, Cowboys forty, Giants zero. Um, this game was a joke. Um, I turned it off at halftime. We saw Dak Prescott throw for 143 yards. We saw Pollard get into the end zone twice. He had 70 yards on the ground. Uh, CD had 80 yards. The Giants, just nothing happened. They scripted the first drive. They looked great. They turned the ball over. Um, Jones threw two interceptions on the day. And after that, the Cowboys just scored. Their defense scored. Pollard scored. Um, and the Giants could never get anything going. It was raining, just pissing rain the entire time. Uh, and they, they just they couldn't cope at all with the uh, with the Cowboys defense. And then when the offense got on the field, the Giants defense couldn't do anything about it. So 40 nothing final score disaster. Uh, and I don't really think, you know, the Giants are going to be the, the, the powerhouse that everybody expected them to be this year. Um, their defense just did absolutely nothing in the face of adversity. And I think that's concerning going forward. Yeah, not a ton for me from that game. Uh, Cowboys good, Giants not so good. Uh, this could be a tough, tough year for them in that division. But I do obviously think there's better days ahead. They're not going to go out and lose forty zero every game. They're going to put something together. But yeah, not not huge on them. But the Cowboys look good. Um, we'll just see how they look. You know, come week one of the playoffs when they choke it away. Yep. All right. Tell us about the last game. Oh, man, I really don't want to. But uh, Jets-Bills, bad day to be a Jets fan. So excited. City finally has some hope. Aaron Rodgers coming out, ready to roll. Gets three plays in, torn Achilles, um, done for the year. Got to bring in Zach Wilson. But they fought back. I mean, Zach Wilson led them to a win. Um, did he do a ton? No. Did he have a turnover? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but he did enough to win the game. And then from the other side of the ball, Josh Allen just keeps doing the same thing that everyone harps on him for, which is trying to be a hero. I mean, two horrible picks on deep balls. The first one I kind of let him get away with because it was third and eight. So it was essentially a punt. They caught the ball on the two yard line. It was a punt. So that's fine. The next one, triple coverage into Stefan Diggs. The ball's nowhere even close to him. That was a free interception. That was bad. The third pick was in the middle of the field and just an overall bad throw. Um, he fumbled the ball after he dropped the snap, dropped the snap, picked it up. Mark Sanchez did right into the back of his teammate and dropped the ball. Just not what you want to see from a guy who's trying to take that next step and you know beat Patrick Mahomes, beat Joe Burrow, beat Lamar Jackson in the playoffs. He uh, he did take a lot of accountability for it and said he needs to fix that, and it felt like a rerun from last year, and it's something he's going to try to avoid moving forward. But, I mean, that was concerning for me. Um, Stefan Diggs, still that guy. I mean, he absolutely torched Sauce Gardner, who's um, arguably the top corner in the league, easily top three, Not no debate there. But he torched. So, overall, outside of suspect quarter play from Josh Allen, uh, their offense looked good, but just not, not a great – not a great day for either team. Yes, the Jets won, but the Jets lost their franchise quarterback for the year, and the Bills just were lost out there. Yeah, for sure. 
um Josh Allen, who who you guys are are all so high on, just lost them the game, man. Um, this was terrible. If you're a Bills fan, this is all of your your strongest worst nightmares realized. And I think Diggs tried his absolute best to make sure that they stayed in the game. I mean, he was unbelievable uh, towards the end of the game, but they let Zach Wilson and the defense beat them. Uh, with a high-powered offense, uh, you know, a, a, an offense as good as the Bills, this is concerning. Um, not making that tackle at the end. I mean, that Xavier Gibson guy was like the last man on the 53-man roster for the Jets. Um, this is concerning. You don't want to lose a divisional matchup like that in the first week. Um, but the Jets were always going to win. It was 9-11. Uh, I mean, they, they were due. Um, and I am really sad about Rodgers, like, that really sucks. His career is probably over at this point. Um, we'll see him come back, of course, but that's that's really tough. I mean, that was a big contract he signed. Not not the worst, considering he wanted to make sure he could get all of his guys over from uh, Green Bay, but still, you, you don't want to see that happen, and the Jets' defense is going to be as good as it was last year. They expected they'd have a really high-powered offense, and now they're going to have to go back to dealing with Zach Wilson Unless they're able to, of course, sign somebody over um, from one of those teams further down. Probably in the AFC South. Maybe they'll be able to get Jameis. I think if they get Jameis, the Jets win the Super Bowl. I know that's insane, but I don't know if it, how you feel about them You know, maybe signing somebody else to play in there instead of Zach Wilson. Yeah, I like, I like them taking that route. Um I feel like they might have a little more confidence in Zach Wilson than they had in the past, but they know that that's not their guy. And I don't think it would hurt them to explore other options. Um, especially with, you said, like a guy like Jameis or like a guy like Gardner Minshew, even who's backing up AR, like there's plenty of formidable quarterbacks out there that um, aren't, aren't starting at the moment. Even Heineke, like someone, someone of that nature, I think could do their team some good there for sure. Yeah. Um. Okay. That is all in terms of recap. Let's run into our picks for the week. Um, oh, our lock of our locks of the week. Mine hit. Jeremy, you had Eagles minus three and a half and Cheeks minus six and a half. That did not unfortunately hit, uh, but my parlay did hit. So if you guys had that, then you made a little bit of money. Um, okay, let's run into. Um, the first game of the week, Minnesota Vikings versus the Philadelphia Eagles. This game kicks off tomorrow night, uh, at the link at eight sixteen. Eagles currently a seven point favorite minus 300 on the money line over under set at 49 and a half. Jeremy, you can start. Go ahead. What do you have for us in this one? Oh man, this game, I'm not super confident on, which kind of sucks because it's Thursday game and you know, you got to get active on it. You can't just let it go, go by the wayside. Um, I think what I'm going to get involved with is a JJ touchdown. I think they're going to try and force him the ball in the red zone this week after he dominated but didn't find the end zone because they gave it to Addison and Madison and anyone not named JJ. So I'm going to go with the JJF touchdown, but in terms of the actual game itself, I think the Eagles walk away with a win here. Yeah, I think the Eagles probably win this one too, but that spread's too big. Uh, for me, Vikings typically keep it close. Um, I believe the Eagles and the Vikings played in primetime uh, last week in week two or week three. And it was, I think that one was in Minnesota, but 
Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a touchdown score in this one as well. I, I don't wanna I don't wanna lay the money on the spread. Uh, I will take an AJ Brown touchdown. Wasn't as involved as we would have liked last week. I think this is gonna be a wide receiver heavy game. I think we're gonna see Hertz sort of air it out, and I know that Kirk does that always. So, um, offensive performance over the over it could be in play, low key. But I'm gonna stay away from that. I'm gonna stay away from the points, and I will take an AJ Brown touchdown. Uh, up next, we have the Green Bay Packers taking on the Atlanta Falcons. Packers currently a one and a half point favorite going to Atlanta. Over under set at 40 and a half. This one's easy for me. I will take the Packers on the money line. Yep, um, I'm right there with you. Um, I think the Packers showed a lot more than the Falcons last week. And I think everyone knows that the Falcons just want to run the ball. So if the Packers make Desmond Ritter beat them, um, they have an even better chance of winning. So. I'm, I'm with you there. Give me the Packers money line. I think this one's pretty straightforward. Cool. Uh, Chicago versus Tampa Bay up next. Tampa Bay currently a three-point favorite in Tampa. Um, minus 148 on the money line. Over under set at 41 and a half. Jeremy, what's your pick here? Because I know exactly what I like. I know you like the Bucks here. I can feel it. Um, I also enjoy the Bucks here. Um, I think they win this game. I'm tempted to get involved with the total here. The 41 and a half seems a little low. That's um, that's what I have. Just based on, you know, the Bears give a bunch of points to the Packers, and the Bears should maybe take a step forward this week in football in terms of the offensive side. So I'm going to go with the over 41 and a half, but this is another game where I think the Bucks won. Yeah, I have over 41 and a half too. Um, I'm not getting involved with the Buccaneers. I this could be dangerous. Just starting to bet on the Bucks after they win uh, one game that could be uh, you know just a recipe for disaster. So I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give them a couple more weeks to show me what they're made of, uh, and I'm going to take the over as well. I think that line is is way way low. And as long as there's no sort of weather uh, in Tampa, both of these teams should have offenses that are good enough uh, to put some points on the board. So I will take them. Or take the over, rather. Uh, Seattle versus Detroit up next. Detroit currently a five and a half point favorite. Um, minus two forty five on the money line. Over under set at forty seven. Uh, this one's tough. Um, heading to Detroit, the Lions looked really good against the Chiefs. Um, I think it's a tight game. I want to take Seahawks plus five and a half. Something about it is telling me this could be a tight game. It's not bad play at all. Um, I think it could be competitive as well. This is another game where I'm going with the total here. Um, I'm going to go with the over two bad defenses. Um, the Seahawks defense has taken a step forward, allegedly. Um, they did sign yeah. some guys, but according to according to their coaching staff, the team itself on the defensive end uh, is just better overall. But they did sign some guys, but I still don't think they're a great um, defensive team. And the Lions do have a lot of offensive weapons. And I expect Jameer Gibbs to get a little more involved, and he looked really explosive. So I'm going with over 47. I know the Lions are going to give up points, and I expect the Seahawks to do the same. Okay. Uh, Las Vegas versus Buffalo. The Raiders heading to Buffalo, where they are a nine-and-a-half-point uh, underdog, over-under set at 47. Jeremy, what do you have? This is my favorite spot of the week. Really? Yep. Wow. Wow. Favorite spot of the week. That's wow. Mm. Um, this one's tough for me. I think oh, I might stick with the total again here. I think I'm going to go under 47 here. I don't. I don't see the rate. 
Raiders scoring a ton of points. The Bills' defense looked really, really good. Yes, they lost, but they only they gave up what sixteen points in, in yeah. regular time. So like that's nothing. And I think the Bills will play a little more conservative so that they can you know drive their way down the field instead of going for these deep shots. Um, I'm going to go with the under here. I'm going to go under 47, but I do think the Bills have a chance to cover, but nine and a half week two is just a little much for me. Nine and a half week two is way too much for me as well. I will take the Raiders plus nine and a half. Covered for me last week. Actually got the outright win. Going to ride the hot hand. Stay with the black and silver. I think the Raiders cover this spread. Uh, Jimmy G, known spread coverer, known winner. Love him and the Raiders in this spot. I think this is this is going to be a really entertaining game. Could be low scoring, but I think um, you know this one could could kind of go the opposite way. I think I think the Raiders have a chance on this one after watching the Bills last week. Maybe that's what Vegas wants us to think, and maybe the Bills win by thirty. Um, but I like the under, like you said, and and I like the Raiders to cover this nine and a half point spread. That's just too big in week uh, week two for me. Uh, okay, your pick up. No, is it my pick first up next? Yep. Yeah. So we have the Chargers heading to Tennessee, where they are a three-point favorite. They're minus one sixty-four on the money line. Over/under set at forty-five. I really like the under in this one, but I will lay the points. I will take Chargers minus three. I think they win this game by a touchdown. Nice. Yeah. I also um, think the under has a good chance here to hit. Um, but yeah, I mean, minus three almost feels trappy. I don't know what they saw that makes them think the Titans are going to play a good game here. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, like you said, three picks. Um, and the Chargers offense looked good. Uh, yes, they are most likely be without Eckler. But I mean, Josh Kelly filled the Eckler role pretty well when he was on the field. Um, so I'm going to go with the Chargers minus three as well here. I think this should be a no-brainer. Okay. Lovely. Hopefully they don't fuck us here because this could be a parlay piece for me. Um, up next, the Colts versus the Texans. Colts currently a one point favorite. Another spot I really like. Uh, Colts going to Tex um Texas for this one. Over under set at forty. Uh, Jeremy, who do we have here? Yeah. Um, I do think this is a football game the Colts win, but I'm gonna go with the under here. I mean, neither team uh is in a great position to put up a ton of points just based on their lack of weapons as a whole. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with under 40. I think this game's like a 21 to 10 stinker. Yeah. I, I think that's probably fair. Uh, I'm going to go with the Colts. I think they win this game. Uh, they really impressed me last week. I, I really didn't think that they would stay in that game as well as they did. Uh, so I'll take the Colts. I, I think that they're able to win this game outright. I mean, I would just, I would just go with the money line, but fuck it. You know, we'll, we'll stick maybe, if it's a push, it's a push. We'll we'll take Colts minus one. Uh, okay, Ravens versus the Bengals up next. Ravens currently a three and a half point dog going to Cincinnati. They're plus one sixty four on the money line. Over under set at forty six and a half. I know where you're at, and I'm right with you. What do you have? Ravens money line. Yep. Joe Burrow's calf still bothering him, I think. And the Ravens defense looked really good. Yes, they played the Texans, but still, the defense is very good. And Lamar's due to take a step forward. He's not going to do whatever he just did again, I don't think. So I think he'll be all right. Give me the Ravens money line, no problem. Yep, you can give me the Ravens money line as well. I love it. Um, this is probably my second favorite spot of the week. I think they win this game. I'm very excited for it. Um, yeah, I, I think everything that you said about Joe Burrow, the injury, and what's going on with the Bengals is totally true. So I'll go with the Ravens as well. 
Kansas City versus Jacksonville up next. The Chiefs headed to Duval, where they are a three-point favorite. Minus 158 on the money line, over-under set at 51.5. People are expecting a high-scoring game in this one. I am taking the under. Give me under 51.5 all day. Jags defense looked good. Chiefs defense looked good. They held the Lions to 21 points. I am hammering the under at maximum speed. I like the under in this game. I do think that's a very good play. Um, it's tough for me to pick either team as a winner here because you never know what you're going to get with the Chiefs. Um, you don't know how healthy Kelsey is and all that. I am going to get involved with the player prop, though. I'm going to go with a Travis Etienne touchdown. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs had a tough time um, stopping Montgomery and Gibbs. But like you said, their defense as a whole overall played well. But they still had some found some success on the ground. So I think if the Jags are going to find success, it's also going to be on the ground. So I'm going to go with an ETN touchdown, even though there is concern of Tank Bigsby vulturing the goal line. Mm-hmm. That could be a problem. Okay, up next, San Francisco versus the LA Rams. Niners currently an eight-point favorite going to SoFi. They're minus 350 on the money line. Over-under set at 44. The Rams are a two or plus 280 uh, value here. Jeremy, where are you here? This this is a, a strange game, one that I don't necessarily want to get involved in. Yeah, um, I know. The spread's a weird number, too, like eight. I don't really know what that's about. Um, this is tough for me because I do think the Rams are going to overperform this year, but the Niners are just too good. Um, I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to buy the point. Uh, it'll probably get you to like minus 137. I'm on FanDuel at the moment, so you can't buy down to a whole point. It's only the half numbers, but I'll check DraftKings. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go with the Niners minus seven. Um, if I get a push, I get a push. But I mean, the way the Niners played, I, it's hard to see them losing to anyone, let alone the Rams. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm going to go with the George Kittle touchdown. Um, did a lot of blocking in that game against the Steelers. Didn't get as involved as I would have liked him to get as my fantasy uh, tight end, but I think he scores in this one, uh, and I think nine is minus seven. Buying that point down is probably uh, a smart play as well. Uh, another big spread. Oh no, I'm sorry. We have one more. Uh, New York Giants versus the Arizona Cardinals, the second four o'clock game. Giants currently a six point favorite against the Cards. They're minus two thirty five on the money line. Over under set at thirty nine and a half. Um, it's my pick. You can give me the Giants. Uh, on the spread. I'll take Giants minus six. I think they win by touchdown. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of, I'm in the same spot as you here, um, which kind of makes me nervous. We've had a lot of the same picks here this week. So we're either going to cash out or we are going to get our pockets ran. Yeah. But I also like the Giants minus six. I think they need a good bounce back and the Cardinals are the perfect team to do so. So yeah, I'll take the, uh, the Giants minus six Cardinals lost by four to a lesser commander's team. So yep. yeah, give me the Giants minus six low key season over if they don't cover the spread against the Cardinals. So uh, I'm going to take the Giants. Uh, okay. Your pickup next New York jets versus the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas at the Jerry dome jets currently a nine and a half point uh, dog. They're plus 350 on the money line. The over-under set at 39.5. We have two good defenses going up against each other. Um, yeah, I don't know where you're at here, but this this just screams Jets cover to me. I hate this, everything about this, first of all. Those lines um, are like that. Look at the over-under and then look at the giant spread. That doesn't make any sense. I know, 39.5 makes me nervous it's like what what are we doing here five or nine and a half is weird 
I think what I'm going to do, I'm going to take the Cowboys first half minus five and a half. I mean, I don't, I don't see a world where they go into halftime losing or even up three. I think they go into half up a touchdown. I don't think that's a crazy thing to think. So I'm going to go with the first half Cowboys minus five and a half. I mean, their team was just a well-oiled machine. And who knows how Zach Wilson's going to play. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, this big ass spread, I'm I'm gonna take. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy some points. I'm gonna go to eleven and a half for the Jets. It's minus one fifty four. I will take the Jets plus eleven and a half alt spread. Uh, I don't think this is a high scoring game. I obviously don't like Zach Wilson very much. I actually hate him. Um, but I think they can score enough points to stay in this game. I also think the Cowboys are going to struggle to score points against this defense. The Cowboys offense and the the Bills offense kind of similar, kind of similar QBs and the fact that they both make terrible uh, just mistakes throwing the ball. Um, so yeah, that's where I'm at. I'll take I'll take Jets plus 11 and a half, buy in two points there. Uh, and it puts you at like minus 154. So decent enough value if you want to throw it uh, in a little teaser piece. Okay. Um, up next, my pick, Washington Commanders versus the Denver Broncos. The Commanders are currently a three and a half point dog going to mile high. Uh, they're plus 152 on the money line over under set at 38 and a half. That's another low line. I will take the Broncos minus three and a half in this one. I don't think they start 0-2. I think Russ looked better last week, and I think um, they're definitely going to win this outright. I think they can win by touchdown. Yeah, I dude, some of these games this week, I don't know. Vegas tightened up. Yeah, they're kind of smelly. Uh, I know. Vegas got Vegas got right this week. Um, I do like I do like the Broncos here, and it is tough for me to see them starting zero and two and the starting two and zero. It just doesn't feel right. I think it's a one a one and one type of deal here for both of these teams. Um, I'm gonna buy the half point. I'm gonna go Broncos minus three. God forbid they went on a field goal and we lose by half a point. So I'm going to go with the Broncos minus three here. Um, But yeah, this is not my favorite game of the week. That's for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, You're going to take minus three. You're going to buy the half point. Yes, sir. Okay. Um, And I am taking three and a half. Okay. Up next, your pick, Miami versus New England. Currently, the Dolphins are a two-point favorite in New England. They're minus 136 on the money line, over-under set at 46.5. This is a fucking hammer, right? Yeah, I don't know if I'm missing something here. Um, Like, did Patriots get Tom Brady back? I, I know, Randy I know. Moss, is Randy Moss unretired? Like, <laughs> I don't get it. Did did we watch Tyreek Hill last week? I, dude, I don't know. Yeah, give me the Dolphins minus two. I don't really know what's going on here um, to make it this way. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm on the Dolphins minus two. I just I don't see where this game's close. Yeah, I agree. I'm uh, I'm hammering the Dolphins as well, uh, minus two. I honestly, you could buy points if you want. Go the other direction and and get it to plus money if you really wanted to. I I might be doing that come Sunday morning. Um. Okay, New Orleans versus Carolina. Uh, we have two Monday Night Football games. Um, 
The Saints are a three-point favorite in the first against the Panthers. Uh, divisional matchup, obviously, these games are tight. You can give me uh, Saints minus three. I think Carr looked good. I think uh, this should be an easy win for them, and I think they definitely cover a three-point spread. Yeah, no, I agree. This game couldn't be easier for me to pick. Um, I don't see the Saints losing this. I'll go with the Saints minus three here. I mean, they they looked a lot better than the Panthers, and the Panthers are going to have growing pains. we got a lot of young guys, so I just don't see us putting it all together in week two and walking away with a win or anything. So I'm going to go with the Saints minus three here. Um, I don't think there should be any, any problems with that. Okay, and then Cleveland versus Pittsburgh, our last game of the week. This one goes off at 8-16. The Monday night game goes off at 7-16. Um, man, I wonder if they'll give us red zone. That would be nice. They're not going to do it, but that would be nice. Um, Steelers, a two-and-a-half point dog uh, at home against the Browns. Plus 110 on the money line for the Steelers. Over-under set at 39-and-a-half. Where are you at here? Because this is another spot I really like. This is an easy one for me. Um, we might be on opposite sides here, but I'm going with the Browns minus two and a half. Steelers missing Deontay Johnson. Uh, Browns looked pretty good last week. Steelers obviously got beat up on for four quarters. Um, so yeah, I'm going with the Browns minus two and a half. I don't really, I don't, I don't see how this misses. I think this could be a tight game. I am on the over. Um, these are two oh. offenses that can score points. I know these matchups are historically low scoring. Um, so I'm in a weird spot. I know that historically, but I really think that this could be not a high scoring game, but definitely a 2020 or, or, you know, 23 to 20, something like that. Um, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the over. I'll take over 49 and a half. I think as long as the Steelers stay in the game early, we should get enough points to, uh, to cover that threshold. So I am on over 39 and a half Jeremy on Browns minus two and a half. Beautiful. And then I think we should move on to our locks of the week. Where are you at on this one, buddy? Because I, I have another two-like parlay that I just absolutely adore. I am going to start my lock of the week with a dog. Our our dogs, the Ravens, this yep. week, money line. Um, if that scares you too much, you can go three and a half. But you know what to say, you know, scared money don't make money. So mm-hmm. do, do what you please with that. Um, so I'm going to get involved there. And I think I'm going to put up with another one of our guys. I'm going to put him with the Packers money line. I think I'm going to go Ravens Packers money line. Yeah, I love that. Um, I am on parlay. Uh, we have Dolphins minus two. We have the Packers money line. And we're even throwing another leg in. Um, we are going to go with, excuse me, um, the under 51 and a half total. In Jags Chiefs, I will give you the value for that in just one minute. Um, one second. Uh, the value on that. Let's let's add this together. Um, where are the Packers? Well, I'm selling, dude. Why can't I find the Packers game, man? Who do they play again? Oh, there uh, we go. The Falcons. The yep, I found them. Uh, that puts you at plus 531. So a $25 bet will win you 132.75. Um, man, I'm feeling that. I cannot wait to lock that in, actually. 
Um, so yeah, my lock of the week, a three leg parlay, Dolphins minus two, Packers money line, and the under 51 and a half total in Jags Chiefs. Jeremy's locks of the week. Are you betting these together or separate? Let's put them together this week. Let's have a little fun. Let's make it a parlay. Um, I put them together on here on Fandle. Uh, they're plus 377 on Fandle. As always, I promote checking multiple books because you can get better lines certain places. But yeah, 377 um, on FanDuel. So you can expect anywhere from like 370 to 390, depending on your book, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think that's that's pretty good value. Yeah, I mean, I I absolutely adore these picks this week. Um, I think we we should be able to have a decent week. Last week, you know, we're right around 500. So not a bad start. That's if, if you can go 500 or a little bit over 500, you're a profitable gambler. Um, you know, we'll take that. So I'm, I'm thinking this week could be another decent week and, and I'm really excited for it. Um, okay, guys, thank you for listening to the show. Make sure you check us out on social media at post 20 pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can find all past episodes of the show on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple podcasts. Um, we will be back next week. And until then, thank you, Jeremy and boys take care.